Macaron, yeah, Macaron, no, Chacaron, 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 Chacaron. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Puro Pinche Cowboys podcast. I'm Fidel. And I'm Roberto. And we are recording this on a Tuesday night, which is just one of the many weird things that happened about this latest Cowboys game. Roberto, what are your first impressions? Man, I mean, I, I thought they would lose. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised. Uh, as as close as they came to, to breaking 300 yards rushing on them, as as, as awful as as every the defense was as usual it's there was nothing really surprising about this this game besides it being on a tuesday did it um upset you though i think my assessment would be the same that there was absolutely nothing surprising about this right but it was still kind of upsetting just watching things happen yeah, yeah I, mean, I don't know I, I think the main question that i that i'm wondering is i just don't think they're good i don't think they're tanking i don't think they're trying to lose on purpose i don't think they're 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 just not good at all right whether that is the defensive scheme whether that is i don't know i it just but no i i really i really wasn't upset it was just yeah i don't know it's just still it's just one of those games i guess it's just i'm actually surprised it was as close as it was yeah i know right i mean for a moment they were within one score or of, of keeping it close but then i mean the same thing happened with washington they they had a game in which for a good portion of the game it was competitive and then just it just sort of like the wheels fell off and then the scoreboard, you know, just kept going up and up for, for the team with no name. And right. same here. I mean, obviously by the end of the fourth quarter, it was apparent that the Cowboys were not going to get the ball back with enough time, you know, because the Ravens were just running on them, but the way that they were running on them was just so humiliating. Like, I feel like the Ravens were just doing this to really just drive home the point that this Cowboys defense is so awful. And yeah. I probably, I, I kind of enjoyed that you know i mean that gus edwards you know when he's like running he's just like lapping and then they score a touchdown and i don't know which ravens player was like easy money and it's true like everybody can see this you know and because it's a tuesday game people are watching this yeah it's i mean there's nothing new to say there's just i mean hopefully there's changes i doubt that there'll be changes i think unfortunately mike mccarthy will get the benefit of the doubt just because there has been so many injuries and i'm pretty sure his his job is safe short of him doing something ridiculously stupid away from the field so i mean i don't know i don't I, i'm not sure i mean this team wasn't good with Dak. that's that's one thing that that i think we have to to kind of no, acknowledge I agree. I, I agree. Uh, part of that is also because the offensive line was was in shambles before the season even started and of course that trickles down to everything else so i mean you know it, it's one of those things where it's tough to say what would have happened with this team had they been at full strength right we we did expect them to be good and, and not just us but i think most people thought they would win the nfc east contend 
end a couple of wins in the playoffs maybe but uh but yeah i mean it's gotten to the point where it's it's definitely draft position time uh especially when when the cowboys are at the bottom of the nfc east which is the worst division in the in the nfl and right uh, the best team has a five and seven record but uh just to sort of add to what you said right i mean i wonder what our record would be had dak not gone down and i don't think it would be that much better than it is now yeah it'd be five and seven six and six right. maybe maybe i think like five and seven or even like a four and eight would be mm-hmm. closer right because it the only difference i think is that those games would appear even closer than than the ones now right. and but it, the fact that it's it's not it's not dak and it's not that offense right because and in, in the o-line even even though it's sort of kind of shot they're still producing some points it's clearly the defense i mean they they just they they can't cover anyone and they can't stop the run game right so i, I mean at this but point, it's like it's it's like at every position there's no position that you could see it being irreplaceable right uh, on the defensive side let me let me read you a stat here that uh edgar navarro tagged us in since he follows us on twitter and I, i'm assuming he's listening this is from ed Warder. two of the three highest rushing totals by opponents in the last 60 years of cowboys football have occurred in just the course of 13 games this season which was the the cleveland browns and tonight baltimore ravens i think had they played derrick henry i think derrick henry has a shot at going for, for 350 against this this defense it's like playing madden on easy mode <laughs> right. you know i mean that's what the cowboys are that you're playing madden on easy mode and you just run it down their throat because they can't stop you and it's been i mean i i guess the one entry coming into this game would be what des would do right coming in and and des's history obviously with the cowboys and then of course that also that did not happen for right that that was particularly upsetting because i was very the way that i had framed this game in my mind was because we've had what like nearly 10 days or probably longer since we last talked on, on thanksgiving That's wow. so yeah so almost two weeks two wow two, yeah. two days away from being two weeks yeah so one of the things you know like i i actually didn't watch any football this weekend mm-hmm. i feel like it's the second weekend in a row which where where i haven't seen any real football i mean other than the cowboys game but like i said it's not real football so right so yeah that statement still holds you know it's been nearly two weeks since i've seen real football and i haven't missed it i i think it's funny i feel like i mean i'll watch the cowboys but i think also just because of like the whole covid thing and the way in which it's like the we had a tuesday night game because of covid the 49ers played a home game in arizona you know and it just sort of seems like obviously like we're still gonna watch but it's mm-hmm. such a sham i think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that the cowboys are really bad this year right. but it's it's yeah i don't know so what did you think about the whole des bryant thing then oh yeah that's right that's where i was talking <laughs> i started talking about completely forgot yeah so i was really looking forward to seeing the storyline of des like performing very well against his former team because you know the ravens would have thrown him the ball a lot right right but i mean we didn't have that because again COVID. i, I wish things had gotten better for, for des there's only two players that i have jerseys for and one of them is tony romo and the other one is des Bryant. yeah so last was it last year or two years ago he tried to come back with uh the saints and he, he blew out his acl or he had some season engine injury yeah that was uh, last year yeah. last year and then this year of course he didn't uh, get signed with the ravens until halfway through the season maybe played about two games maybe two three games and now it seems like like he's done for the year i mean i don't know he's he's going through all types of emotions understandably on on his twitter timeline talking about uh being done for the year or retiring or or whatever he's doing but yeah i think that was that was the major entry right because des i mean at least with me every time i think of des i think about that that catch that was ruled a no catch right and and that was actually the last important game that Tony Romo ever
ever played. Right. And that was, in my view, the last real shot that the Cowboys had at, at winning a Super Bowl. Absolutely. No, and I think it's um, maybe that's why these two players are the ones whose who's jerseys I have, because I feel like that, that they are very representative of a very particular era of Cowboys football, right? Which right. to me, you know, like, and, you know, I've been thinking a lot about Selena, <laughs> right? Like, right. Bear, bear with me. There's actually a point to be made here. But I've been thinking a lot about Selena in terms of how, you know, she represents so many things for so many people. And one of those things that she represents is the what could have been. You know, when she was killed, she was on the cusp of recording her English language album, you know, and many people sort of see that as like this huge potential being kneecapped before it needed to be. And and that's how I feel about like Tony Romo and Des Bryant and, and like that catch in that game and that season because it was probably the last likely opportunity that the team had at making at winning the Super Bowl. Right. And that was um, kind of like the end of the post triplet era, right? Uh, the best years that the Cowboys had after the triplets, after the Super Bowl, those were it with Tony Romo and Des Bryant. And that pretty much signaled the end of it. I mean, the, the following year, of course. Tony goes down and Dak comes up. And, and I, yeah. And again, the fact that there was such a, like that whole element of what could have been, right? Because especially the fact that the NFL changed the rules that deemed that would have made that a catch, right? Right. And they admitted it was a catch. And they admitted it was a catch. It was three years later. <laughs> right. so, so there was, there was an admittance of we fucked up. You guys were robbed of something. So it's kind of like, again, with Selena, it's like we were robbed of this great talent before she was supposed to blow up. You know what I mean? And the same thing with like Richie Valens. We were robbed of, of this potential greatness had he not died in a plane crash. Yeah. Yeah, I think the pandemic and the season's gotten to us. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Well, it's funny, right? Because I mean, it's it's almost part of like our narrative, right? As as Mexican Americans or Mexicans, it's like you know, I mean, and like you see this in the Mexican national team, right? What's that phrase? Um, Jugamos como nunca, perdimos como siempre. Right, right, right. Of this like cusp of greatness that we're unable to to overcome for some reason, and I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 what it is. I mean, even uh, <laughs> even now, since we're talking about being Mexican. And, and the the time of year we're in Christmas. I mean, all these. I mean, Christmas music in general is kind of kind of sad in general. I think, but the Mexican ones are fuck. They're just like on a different level. <laughs> well, what are some examples? Well, I guess the the main one is Los Bukis. Uh, I don't know if it's actually called that, but it starts uh, or at least the chorus is La Otra Navidad y Yo Sin Ti. You know, yeah, that's that's, that's, that's a good that's, one. Yeah. That's probably the main one. And there's some yeah. couple other ones that are just like the fucking uh, Chichen Chong's uh, Santa <laughs> Claus one. But I mean, those are those. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Do you associate Christmas with sadness in general? I did end up until my adult years, which you know, <laughs> which just sounds kind of uh, fucked up to say. No, I, I don't know. If, I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't associate them with with sadness, but this year definitely feels different. And I think uh, so. I have a three year old daughter, and it's almost like you reevaluate what these little holidays mean that that have long lost meaning for you, like uh, Christmas, obviously, uh, um, Halloween. You know, little things like Easter. These little things like that that usually you know at least with us they don't we don't much celebrate them but uh i mean obviously this year is going to be different we're not going to go back and and obviously different i mean i don't know, I don't know how else to explain it besides different no i i know i know what you mean i i feel especially like having like the next generation sort of like experience these holidays that you have tuned out i guess i don't have any kids thankfully mm-hmm. but my brother he has triplets i think they're they're like five now <laughs> which oof, imagine triplets 
exactly. Imagine three kids that are five years old or four or four or five years old, right? I've I've started to really enjoy Christmas because the way that they experience Christmas, it's almost like a vicarious thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 not a judgment on our parents, right? But it's more of a like what this holiday is all about. It's just sort of relieving reliving these experiences in a manner that and reframing them in a manner that's much more positive. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I don't know. No, no, I mean completely. I mean, like I said, I, I didn't associate it with sadness. And maybe sadness is sadness is the wrong word. But up until I don't know, maybe my teenage years, I really look forward to it because it was it was happiness, right? It was being around cousins that I even those that I saw every weekend, but also extended family members that I'd only see a couple of times a year. And it was hanging out with everybody in Juarez and it was all that. And uh fucking grow away, you you move away, you grow apart from each other or whatever. You know, people die, obviously. And you kind of relive it through through the young members of the family, right? The, the little cousins, the cousins that have kids and, and all that. And you know, this one uh this one's not gonna happen that way. Yeah, I know. It's gonna it's gonna be a fucking bummer. It's just gonna be sort of like a little there'll be other Christmases, but I, I feel like yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. But it's funny because when I think a lot more about you know my past and memories, mm-hmm. Christmas is the one that always comes up because it's one of the occasions in which everyone is around, you know, right. like like you said, cousins that you might see regularly. And and you know, like as I've gotten older, like especially after when I went off college, Christmas was like me coming back and explaining what was going on with my life and people being so interested in it, you know, and then it's, and, you know, especially since I left, you know, it was always like, wow, like you left, you know, and like every time I would come back, it was like, yeah, but it's not going as great as I thought it was, as I wanted it to be. But people were like, yeah, dude, but you left. That's fucking awesome. You know, so it always like made me feel better about my decision to like make my life outside of where I grew up. And, you know, and then like, as you get older and you see like cousins that you hung out with all the time and like now like because you live in another place like they have kids and you know and it's like oh like wow like your life is completely different than mine but then you the one commonality that you have especially lately is like being Cowboys, man they fucking suck <laughs> you know what right. i mean it's like it's like the cowboys is one of those things that kind of brings like the suffering is communal apparently you know yeah yeah that was that, that was one of the things that we always uh almost rekindled our relationship around right the cowboys or even other sports but really the cowboys and even if they thought tony romo sucked or whatever the fuck they thought uh you know that was one of the the topic it's always it's always the cousins right that thing that (laughs) sucks (laughs) right right it was always the topic of a conversation that brought us back and i mean i'm assuming this year the topic would be the cowboys and just i mean jerry jones is always there uh mike mccarthy or i don't know but i guess on the plus side two days after christmas the cowboys play the eagles last game of the season man we gotta win that one that's that's just gotta be like uh, although i don't know if we do beat them that will give us a half and a half game advantage over them <laughs> which might be the deciding factor in draft picks right so they're not going to win the nfc east obviously there's i think with three games left or two games behind on the win column i think that's pretty much that's pretty much they might they might be mathematically done uh i'm not entirely sure god i hope so i, yeah, I mean i hope, hope so, so too just but like... also at this point it, there's a part of me is like well at least they should win a couple of games at least but that also now costs uh costs draft pick position yeah uh, so wait so who I, honestly i've <laughs> i've taken this season and also my life week by week because mm-hmm. of the uncertainty of the pandemic right but who, who are we playing next week is it the is it the bengals 
the Bengals. The oh Bengals, my God. Finally. It's so, like we first started this podcast and we've been calling out that Bengals game and <laughs> for, for what? Six, six. No, we're, we're on episode 10. So this episode 11. So two and a half months, almost three months, we've been talking shit about the Bengals and they're going to kick the shit out of us. I love it. Oh, so, so next week we should have uh, this, this will be a first for us, right? We'll potentially have a guest. Yeah. Yeah. We should potentially have a guest, have them on, have them pretty much talk shit when they beat the shit out of the Cowboys. And uh, he's also uh, the host of a few of my few of my favorite podcasts, which I'm sure he'll talk about if he comes on. But yeah, so we have the Bengals. Then after that, the 49ers. And finally, December 27th, this long, shitty season ends against the Eagles at home. And then a few days later, this fucking shitty year will come to an end. So, you know, all's well that... Uh, no, wait, no, I guess that doesn't really apply because all's not well and it's, it's not going to end well. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so I guess to end this on a positive note is as as we always try to do you got any good news going yeah uh today i found out that we have over ten thousand subscribers to the latinx files newsletter oh wow. which you know it's it feels it's you know it's it's i mean our most popular has like millions of subscribers like i think that's the essential california newsletter but i feel like we've we've been able to grow this you know community and like i know it sounds hokey as shit to say that it's a community but i mean like i spent half my my time when i'm not writing the newsletter i'm responding to email so it feels like i'm getting to know some of the people that are writing that are reading this newsletter so yeah i, I feel like that's a that's a good highlight yeah i mean you have to start somewhere and then 10,000 seems like like a good place in what three weeks now four weeks yeah well yeah about it's a little over a month yeah um oh and another thing i i heard today that johnny canales read my story about sort of a primer uh, about the Johnny Canale show and its its impact to Tejano music. And he wouldn't talk to me for it, but he enjoyed it apparently. <laughs> so that's a highlight. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's always good to uh, to hear that. I mean, at least it's it's good to hear that they didn't hate it. I guess that's that's like yeah, a starting point, right? Right, exactly. Uh, how about yourself? What uh, do, do you have any good news to share before we end this podcast? No, not. I mean, I don't have bad news either. But at this point, <laughs> yeah. at this point, it's it's really uh, I'm still writing. I'm, uh, I'm um, you know, we got, I'm looking forward to the Canelo fight here in a couple of weeks. You did have that recent story in Texas Monthly, right? Yeah, I wrote about the Aero Spence, Danny Garcia fight this past weekend at the AT&T Stadium and just kind of uh, putting that into a historical perspective so far as Texas boxing and, and how, because Texas, to keep this Cowboys related, the Cowboys are one of the few teams that are allowing fans in for, for Thanksgiving. They had 30,000 people in the attendance. And because the laws or the rules or the enforcement against COVID are so lax here, boxing is moving over here. At least the, the bigger fights are moving out here. So you have all the pay-per-view fights, including uh Canelo fight, even though he's not a pay-per-view, but you know, he's the he's the biggest name in, in boxing, I would say, in the world. So yeah, he's gonna fight in San Antonio here in the 19th. And it's gonna be at the Alamo Dome. The Alamo Dome, yeah. The Alamo Dome is gonna fight Callum Smith, which should be a good fight. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. And are you gonna be covering that fight for anyone? Or no, no, as I mean, as of now, I'm not, you know, maybe hopefully that changes. Yeah. Well, awesome. My uh I'm sure that, yeah, people should wise enough to the fact that you're an amazing boxing writer and an amazing writer and should, you know, hire you as a freelancer to cover this fight because it is going to be one of the biggest sporting events of the next two months. Yeah, especially with, with fans there. I mean, as far as, uh, I mean, I, I don't think there should be fans there, but that there is fans really changes the atmosphere of, of these events.
sense, right? And it also kind of, in a way, shows the the absurdity of it. How there's no uniformity in how these states are trying to combat COVID pandemic, and and I think that that kind of starts up with the federal government, and just it's just kind of it's a mess. I mean, I, there's no other yeah. way to put it, right? No, I mean, and and the fact that it's despite the obvious reasons for why you shouldn't be holding sporting events, capitalism's got to push forward, right? I mean, college football, you know, need to make their games so that they have content for the broadcasters the same with the nfl and you know boxing if it doesn't keep putting up fights it's i feel like it's already a sport that has a very i don't want to say a niche audience but it's you know what i'm saying it's it's not like readily available to everyone yeah they, they definitely can't they don't have the luxury of going away for months at a time like uh mlb and then showing up and even you know even mlb is kind of like on the lower end of the major sports so far as popularity but yeah so we'll see we'll see how that goes so roberto as as is customary we end this podcast with you know one of us picking a song that encapsulates the game that we just witnessed so last week i picked lean on me because it was thanksgiving and we talked about the community that listens to this podcast uh, and you know this this week it's your turn so do you have a song in mind yeah this week i'm gonna pick chacarron by el chombo because it's the dumbest song that got any radio play and this has been the dumbest season in the last i mean this i keep saying the last 30 years but i mean i'm not sure yeah, you could just say the dumbest season the dumbest season <laughs> that i can remember the dumbest season perhaps in all of Cowboys history and just NFL history too well so we'll, we'll go with that Chacarron that's that is a, that is a perfect perfect way to end this week <laughs> <laughs> oh man well Roberto as always it's been a pleasure and uh yeah I'm really looking forward to next week when we will potentially have a, a guest yeah so we'll see you next week take care guys